Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're so glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and we have a very special guest with us all the way from California. We've got Lucille Williams. So Lucille, Lucille welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's kind of cool because uh, I, I got to sort of meet you just out of the blue. I get this amazing uh, email from you that says, hey, by the way, um, your ministry is, uh, you know, a listed resource in one of my books. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. And and then when I started kind of researching you and seeing the stuff you're doing, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we're, you know, we're doing, we're doing parallel stuff in the sense of dealing with, you know, sexuality and dealing with marriage and intimacy and, and all these kinds of things. So I thought, man, I've got to reach out and have you come on to the program. And so I just really appreciate you being willing to Uh, come on the program with us today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. And I want to just dive right in because I feel like there's so many things that we could unpack here. So I would love for our listeners to kind of get to know you um, uh, as far as, especially as it pertains to what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about intimacy in marriage and also conflict in marriage. Um, But I'd really like our listeners to know kind of how did you get into this space of ministry, especially writing a book that's entitled The Intimacy You Crave, Straight Talk About Sex and Pancakes. So give us a little background on you and kind of what got you kind of pointed in this direction of dealing with these topics in ministry. Well, when when I got married, I was only 19. I was really young. And the the concept I had in my mind was, okay, marriage is going to fill everything in me. I'm going to be fulfilled because now I'm married. Someone's going to love me and they're going to give me everything I need. And, you know, you already know that that's a recipe for disaster because nobody can do that. And when you add to that, that both of my husband and myself came from homes where there was a lot of conflict, a lot of dysfunction in the homes. And so we both came to the table with a lot of baggage and neither one of us were Christians. So basically we got married and then we just started fighting and Mm. it was just fighting like, I mean, it was, and I, I come from a big Italian family, so I was really good at fighting. That was like, I was really good at that. But when you're good at fighting, you're tearing down your spouse as you know, every fight that ensues. And we didn't know how to resolve conflict. We didn't know how to get through it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a whole lot of stories in there. You know, we on our honeymoon, we thought everything was great. And um, and then all of a sudden we were it was the night before we left and we had packed all of our clothes and we're sitting with other couples. And my husband put his head back and he started vomiting all over the place. And this was like my honeymoon. Oh my. And, and it was all over him, all over me. And we went back into our cabin and I had to clean our clothes and I'm washing up this, these clothes that were vomited on. And I looked down at 19 at these clothes and I thought to myself, this is marriage. This is what marriage looks like. And that was the one thing I got right when, (laughs) when I first got married. So about five years in, I mean, we just, I mean, it was, I can remember fighting for two weeks straight. I mean, Mm. we would just go to sleep fighting and wake up and then we just continue with the fights. And about five years in, God got a hold of both of us. And within a day of each other, we both made commitments to Jesus Christ Mm. and didn't even tell each other. And it was two weeks later, one of us said, well, I was on the phone with my sister 
And I was telling her about how I had this new faith. And I was the first one in my family that, you know, really ever did that. And my sister now is married to a pastor as well. My husband's a pastor today. And, and then my husband said, yeah, me too. And I said, oh, well, Mike too. So we had a day apart from each other, accepted the Lord, which unbelievable. And that's when God started mending us. And we started learning how to have a marriage that honored God. Mm -hmm. But then a ways in, then God called him to ministry. And that was really scary for me. I just felt like there's an, okay, I could be, okay, I'll be a Christian because I can, I could do that. I mean, I wasn't doing it well, but I'm like, I, I, I'm okay. And then when God called him to ministry, I'm like, wait a minute, when you are married to a pastor, now you have a title, you become a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. You know, when you could be married to a lawyer, you married to a doctor, you can be married to a plumber, you don't become that person's, you know, the, the doctor's wife or whatever. But when you marry someone in ministry, when you're married to them, you, it's like you get this title. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. You want to be a pastor, but I didn't sign up to be a pastor's wife like this. I cannot do this. And I remember wrestling with God night after night after night. I'd get up, I'd get my Bible and I would just go through my Bible and say, God, I can't do this. You know me. I'm, you know, I'm spunky. I can't keep my mouth shut. I, I we have too much conflict in our marriage. I felt like we just weren't good enough. I felt like I wasn't good enough. And then one night God just said, it's okay. I've got this. I, I opened up to Matthew 10 39 and, and you know, it's the scripture about that. When you give it to the Lord, he's going to take care of you and he, you know, he'll, it'll be okay. And so I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll do this. And so he became a pastor and more specifically, he became a children's pastor. And we ended up landing at a really large church. And that's where my heart for marriage and and couples and intimacy in a family and in marriage got started because when you work with children and you look in the eyes of a little kid who looks at you and says, my mom and dad are getting a divorce, mm -hmm. it, it, it is, it's horrible. It is one of the most horrible things you can hear a child say. And I remember looking in the eyes of this cute little girl and the question that was prompted from the lesson that day is, when was the last time you felt loved? And she looked at me and she said, I haven't felt love for a very long time. Mm -hmm. My mom and dad are getting a divorce. And I was like, oh, it just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And so, and then being a pastor's wife, a lot of different ladies would talk to me about problems in their marriage. And almost always, it always zeroed in on the intimacy that they had with their husbands and how there was struggle there. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, how can I help these kids? How can I help the kids? The way to help the kids is to help people in their marriages. And what's at the heart of marriage? It's the intimacy between the husband and the wife. That's, that's really the heart of marriage. If that's not there, there's something broken. And so that's what made me zero in on that. And so that's where the, that book came from. And, you know, I'm hoping, I mean, I've heard from people across the country that have, you know, written into me and said, wow, this book really helped me. I never looked at my marriage this way before. It really changed the way I interact with my husband. Yeah. So let's start there, uh, you know, because I agree with you. The intimacy factor is huge in terms of the, the health of the marriage and ultimately by extension, the health of the family. So 
let's start with some definitions. Mm-hmm. First of all, when you're talking about that word intimacy, uh, that can go a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different p- definitions that people can attach to that word. So when you're using that word, help us understand what you're meaning when you talk about intimacy in marriage. Well, usually, well, intimacy is is so many things. I mean, intimacy is just connecting with your spouse on a deep level. And, you know, sometimes what I mean is physical intimacy. Right. And it's just kind of the Christian way to say it without making it sound, you know, too graphic. And and so that's usually what I mean when I say intimacy. You know, usually it's physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. Not like a not like a, a radio podcast named Pure Sex Radio, right? Not like that. So <laughs> we tend to kind of just put it out there. It's like we we agree that God's design is good and he made it good. So let's talk about, uh, you know, first of all, I want to back up a little bit and just kind of give you and your husband, um, uh, commend you in the sense that you went for five years in your marriage as fighters. Mm-hmm but you stuck together for five years in your marriage. So that's, there's something to be commended there that there was something in each of you that stuck to a commitment. And I also think it's important to recognize that it's, that's not, that's not just a, like a non-Christians problem. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's conflict and there's fighting and there's, I mean, um, there's Christians that have massive uh, conflict and anger issues and things like that, that can also come into their marriages. But let's talk about when you started getting a feel, an idea of recognizing some of the things that were going on in the marriages in this church, and you're realizing so many times it would come down to this factor of intimacy, specifically regarding sexual intimacy mm-hmm. in the marriage. Um, what was kind of your next stage of education or awareness or understanding along those lines? Mm-hmm. I know for me, when there was changes in my marriage, and I'm not, I'm not saying it was because of me. But I recognized that I couldn't change him. There was nothing I can do to make him different or make him be different. But the equation that I could change was me. And I realized that the problem was me because we can change how we respond to someone. We can change how we interact with someone. We can change how we think about someone. And so I realized that in my marriage, what needed to change the most was me and not him. Because for those five years, it was, well, he and he doesn't do this and he needs to do this. And I'm mad at him because of that. And I didn't look at myself. And there was kind of an aha moment where God said, well, what you, you don't, you can't do anything about him, but you could change you. And I recognized that I needed to make some changes. So when I started talking to ladies, you know, they would say, well, he this, he that. And I'm like, but I'm not talking to him. I'm talking Mm -hmm. to you. We can't do anything about him, but we can change your perspective. So tell me what's going on for you. And so many times ladies would say, and and sometimes we'd be talking, then I just jump right to the heart of the issue. I'd say, well, what's your sex life like? What, Mm -hmm. how, what's going on there? And so many of the ladies would say, oh, I cut him off. I just, I just, that's it. I'm mad at him and that's it. I did away with it. And I was like, oh, and I'm like, well, that's going to cause some problems. And I remember one young lady, she hadn't even been married very long. 
And she said, yeah, oh no, I cut him off. And she says, and he's so angry. He's yelling, he yells at me and he's not very nice. And I said, sweetheart, I said, if somebody put you in a cage and didn't give you any water, don't you think you'd be a little upset with them too? I said, this isn't very kind to him, the, you know, just to treat him like that. And she, all of a sudden the lights went on and she's like, oh, and it's like, no, it, it's like she didn't put two and two together. And, and then about three months later, she was pregnant. So I think that, you know, the talk worked. They worked it out. And yeah, they worked it out. But when you, when I would talk to ladies, like it, it seemed like it always went back to what was happening in the bedroom. And so that's mm -hmm. how it kind of, you know, that's how that kind of got started. I would just say, well, what's going on? And sometimes now, it was just... You mentioned earlier too, like, like every couple, when you and your husband got married, you brought your own baggage, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's got their own histories, their own brokenness, whatever. So as you're maybe now talking to these couples or talking to these wives, um, I'm sure you're getting all kinds of stories, you're getting all kinds of background. You're getting not only that wife's story and maybe learning that maybe there was some abuse in her background or she's got uh, a far less than biblical understanding of God's design for sex if she thinks she can use it as like a weapon. Mm -hmm. But then you're also probably hearing of maybe their husband's stories of like, well, I think he's looking at porn or he's got some kind of history with, with whatever it could be. As you start hearing all of the kind of the mishmash and the, and the chaos of these stories, how do you help these wives, especially, how do you help them to have a higher view of sexual intimacy when it can be seem so easy to say, you know what, that's way down my list of importance right now, because, you know, my emotions or my spirituality or any number of things, or just even my kids are just far more important than that in my life right now. And, and so when you kind of take that whole mix of mess that is called human life, mm -hmm. how do you help integrate and start to, to build up a better understanding of the goodness and the beauty and the importance of God's design for sex and marriage? Mm -hmm. A lot of times what happens is you really have to zero in on what their issue is. And if the woman has some kind of sexual abuse in her background, that's, that's a big deal. And I've come across that quite a bit. And they oftentimes they just need to get help for that in one way or another. And sometimes they just need to seek out professional help or they need to join some kind of a support group or sometimes even just reading different books about it can really help them. Or one time there was one gal who she had never told her story to anyone. And I was the first one she told her story to of what had happened when she was a kid. And then that prompted, I prompted her to tell her husband and she told him and that started their healing and they had been having trouble. And once she said, Hey, this happened to me when I was a kid and they had been married for like 10 years and she'd never told him. So there's that. And then there's, you know, sometimes it's just the way they're viewing their husband. Like sometimes I'll get on the phone with someone or be face to face and they always have a long list of, well, he did this and he did this and he did this and I don't like this and I don't like that. And I'll just kind of let them get it all out and I'll say, okay, well, tell me what he does right. What do you mm -hmm. love about him? And then she, oh, well, he goes to church. He's good with the kids. He this, he works. He's, he's loving. I can trust him. He's loyal. He's never cheated on me. I'm like, okay, well, those are, those are some good things. Let's focus in on that. 
like, like, you know, think about those things. And so sometimes it's just a matter of changing our thinking and saying, okay, let's be thankful for the, you know, the good things. And I'm like, does he come home at the end of the day after work? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you know how many men don't? They're off doing something else. So be thankful for that. And then, you know, if there is, um, like, let's say he does have some kind of a, a, a porn habit or, you know, he's looking at it and it's really upsetting them. One of the things I tell the ladies is the biggest thing you can do to help him is to love him in spite of that and be understanding. Because if he had cancer or if he was struggling with, let's say, maybe overeating or, you know, something else, you'd be a little bit more understanding. And usually the way the the thing that can help men the most, and you probably already know this, is just a loving wife who understands and doesn't shame them for it. Because mm-hmm. we all can fall into different addictions. And if that's where he, you know, ended up falling, then a wife can be very instrumental in helping him get free of that by just saying, okay, like, don't, don't shame them, just accept them. And, and just how can I help with this? So I'm sure you get, you can get all kinds of feedback, maybe even some pushback from people, you know, who say, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, almost like they're sorry that they told you there's some problems there. But I want us to focus on uh, the couples that are saying, uh, especially the wives that are saying, I, I want I want better intimacy in my marriage. I want to work on this. How can, how can you help a couple or a wife kind of reframe her expectations around not only marriage, but especially the aspect of sexual intimacy in marriage to begin moving towards better health in that area, better, um, uh, you know, just a stronger relationship sexually with her husband. How would you start kind of walking her towards that in terms of expectations? Mm-hmm. I, you know, every single person is different. As you know, when you get eyeball to eyeball to someone, they always have a different story. So it's always, you know, slightly different. But one of the things I try to just stress, you know, across the board is just the idea that the sexual intimacy is for connection. It's a way God made us to be able to connect. And instead of having these expectations around it or certain goals in mind, the idea is just the idea of being close. And and one of the things I try to um, stress with women, married women, is when your husband is approaching you for physical intimacy, what he's saying usually is he wants to connect with you. And, and that's just his way to connect. And women don't get that. You know, they think of themselves more of like, you know, leave me alone. Why are you bugging me? But it's like, it's his way of saying, hey, you know, connect with me. Just like, you know, ladies, we'll sit down for an hour and talk to our girlfriends. And that's, that, that's what really connects us. We love to talk or, you know, I'm talking in generalities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so the, the concept is he, he just wants to connect. And I was talking to someone just last week and they were saying that when they would approach their time in the bedroom with their husband, they had certain expectations in mind. And I I suggested don't enter with expectations other than the idea of being close to them. And then, you know, I think that's the best way to enter your physical relationship. And sometimes what I'll tell the husbands is because so many times uh, the the struggle that a lot of husbands have in this area is they're so performance oriented 
that their their anxiety is around will they be able to perform sexually in a way that their wife is you know wowed by mm-hmm. and so i always tell husbands i say again like you're saying it's more about the connection than any kind of performance mm-hmm. so if if both spouses can have that kind of mentality i think going into of the sexual intimacy of the relationship I do think you're right. I think that can go much further for building that intimacy in a way that goes deeper than just, hey, you know, we had a physical connection and that was it. I think I think God's design is far deeper than that, mm-hmm. um, that it's meant to be about oneness. So can you help us think through, I mean, the, the reality is, is conflict also is is much bigger than just, you know, around sex. But I think the sexual intimacy piece of a marriage can also create a lot of conflict, right? Because mm-hmm. like we said, there can be these different histories. There can be different expectations. How, do you, how would you help a couple out there work through the various conflict? Realizing, yes, all, all couples are different. But if you were to say maybe some of the most common conflicts that you might see in a marriage that can, that can hamstring building intimacy in the marriage – what are some things that you would try to help couples do to work through their conflicts? When couples have conflicts where they're not resolving things, then what that does is it erodes trust. And when there's a lack of trust, that's going to show up particularly in the bedroom because that's one area that we need to trust each other. So couples really do need to learn how to resolve conflicts and it, it, it's, you know, we all know that's a challenge because what happens in marriage is your feelings get hurt. And once your feelings get hurt, you just kind of shut down and you go into a defensive posture. But what I try to help people do is instead of getting defensive is just stop and think, okay, what what's happening here? Like they're not trying to hurt me. They're, they're not trying to harm me. It's not like your spouse woke up that day and said, okay, what can I do to hurt, hurt my wife? What can I do to hurt my husband? Nobody's doing that. So when you do feel that hurt, the first step is to say, they don't mean to hurt me. They, they want what I want. They want us to have connection. They want us, you know, they want a good relationship with me. We want to have a good relationship in our marriage. So the first thing is to just basically give them the benefit of the doubt and say, okay. And a lot of times what it is, is it's triggers from our past. Something happens where they feel something or we feel something and it's so strong because it connected us to something that happened when we were a kid, a wound that we never healed. And all of a sudden, you know, your spouse does something not really intentionally and you're feeling really wounded, like you feel abandoned or ignored or diminished or worthless or whatever those feelings are that come up. And so when things come up that are really big, what I, what I try to help people to do, and I try to do myself as well, is to stop and say, okay, wait a minute, this is a little big for this situation. I need to figure out why this is such a strong feeling. And then if, if both husband and wife can get to a place where they can trust each other and just say, you know what, I don't know what's going on, but this is really painful for me right now. And a man that can say that to his wife, 
a wife that is so endearing to her like what like i just hurt you like to just say wow that hurt you're this is really painful to have this happen this is how i'm feeling and when a husband can get to a place where he can say this is how i'm feeling and you know would you help me unpack why this is so strong for me and that right there is intimacy when a couple can get to work together on that and just be on the same team and say okay you know you you have some pain here you have some hurt and tell me about it. Let's talk about it and let's see what we can do to resolve it. Yeah. One of the things I'm hearing as this, this thread of a theme through everything that you're saying is whether it's, whether it's about sexual intimacy or whether it's about dealing with conflict, it seems like all of this is moving towards what our deepest need is, and that is to be known and loved. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about it being about connection and what I hear in the resolving of conflict, it's about understanding. And so all of that is aimed towards mm-hmm. what are we doing to know and love each other in right. our, in our marriage. Um, exactly. And and like you said, and, and I think, you know, because sex is such a, an explosive emotional and physical aspect of our lives of, of being human that's why I think it can be such a volatile danger and, and it can create those wedges in a marriage because for some people, it just may be too painful. For some people, it just may be too um, emotionally vulnerable. Um, so I, wanted, I do want to ask this because, you know, we've only got a few minutes left and mm-hmm. I have to ask about what's the deal with pancakes in your subtitle, sex and straight talk about sex and pancakes. So can you give us the, the scoop on what, what you're talking about there. Well, actually, that ties into one of the chapters. And one of the chapters in The Intimacy You Crave is surrounded around fantasies. And and I encourage women to have fantasies and it, that it's okay. And it's okay to share it with your, with your husband and to have dialogue about that. And because, you know, I've been married 37 years. It's going to be 38 years this summer. And it's fun to just, you know, change things up now and then. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage that in the intimacy you crave. So that's where the pancakes came from. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, sometimes guys, we fantasize about pancakes. I mean, (laughs) you know, so I don't know if it can go both ways, you know. Absolutely, So let me, you know, we've only got a few minutes left, but I definitely want our listeners to know more about the the books you've written and just where they can go maybe to get some more resources from you. So where would you direct people to get more of this information that might be helpful for their marriage? Well, my website and ministry is lusez.com. Um, I blog there and then I have uh, two books, From Me to We, And that's a premarital guide for the bride and groom to be, but it's actually a marriage book. And that helps, that's for both husband and wife, just to help get on the same page. There's a lot of questions in there they can go over to create more intimacy in their marriage. And then my other book is The Intimacy You Crave, Straight Talk About Sex and Pancakes. And although it's written for women, I've, the men that have read it have said, boy, I got to read that book again. I loved it, which is really funny because I didn't really write it for men. And so those, those are my resources. What well, kind of makes me think of, uh, I don't know if you know, Dr. Julie Slattery, who mm-hmm. she and Linda Dillow actually wrote a, um, a, a Bible study on sex for women called Passion Pursuit. And it was funny because I think it became more popular with the men because they wanted their wives to read it because mm-hmm. it was like, 
man, something's changing in her. And so I think you're probably going to have a lot of uh, men and husbands who are fans of your work because of what you're doing and kind of helping women uh, sort of maybe come out of the shadows in some regards, in regards to how they view their bodies, how they view sexuality, how they view intimacy and marriage, maybe even how they deal with their histories of abuse or anything else like that. So I commend exactly. you for the work you're doing. And uh, so, so good to have you here, Lucille. And thanks for Thank being you. part of the program. Thank you. It's been an honor. Yeah. Well, Listeners, we were only able to obviously to scratch the surface, but please, uh, we're going to put um, Lucille's information in our show notes. Go grab her book, get on her blog, on her website, and, uh, and, and soak up all those resources. But we're always glad that you're with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.